God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Fourth Sunday after Easter is always the Sunday of the Good Shepherd. And I want to talk this morning about the figure of the Good Shepherd and look carefully at the psalm that we have in front of us. You'll, you'll spot sometimes that the way that the psalm is recited or sung in church is maybe not uh, uh, as so familiar. Uh, most of us are very familiar with the, tw- the King James Version of the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Sound a little bit different here. The reason for that is, is that the Psalms in the traditional books of common prayer, and, um, and, and so this is the ones that have a lot of beautiful music set to them, are a translation by a translator named Coverdale. And there was Coverdale Psalms before there was an English Bible. And so the English people get used to reciting this Coverdale Psalms. So you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to take that away from them. So uh, we still have very often in, in the service, we have Psalms that are, um, if they're not the Coverdale Psalms, they're pretty close to them. But I want to talk about the figure of the Good Shepherd. We, this is a very familiar figure for us, Jesus the Good Shepherd, the gentle, kind, merciful Jesus who, who cradles the sheep in his uh, arms. Um, we, we're perhaps a little bit too familiar with it, so we need, I think, to try to hear it with new ears and hear it in its original setting, because it's a startling image in its original setting. It's one of the very first images that we have for the Lord, and it's one of the very first uh, visual images that we have for the Lord, uh, an image of Jesus, the good shepherd, with the lamb on his shoulders, Verse and foolish, off I've strayed, yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulders gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. That picture is a picture, is an image from the catacombs, uh, from the time of the persecution of the early church. It's one of the very first uh, images. And it's a little bit coded, isn't it? So, so I know something about sheep. Uh, the first parish that we, we had in northern Maine uh, was a missionary priest. Had to support ourselves, and the way that we supported ourselves is we had 200 sheep. And uh, if you know a little bit about sheep, uh, there are things about the image of the Good Shepherd that are startling. First of all, I am the Good Shepherd. I know each one of my sheep by name. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense in terms of agriculture, and it also doesn't make any sense in terms of the original setting of this metaphor, the shepherd, which is. Uh, is, is the uh, it's about the politics of ancient of the ancient Near East. It's about uh, the figure of the king, the Middle Eastern king. Some of you will remember when the artifacts of the Pharaoh Tutankhamun were circulating through the museums of the countries. It was some years back, and uh, the picture was on Time magazine and other places of the headdress uh, from the sarcophagus, and Tutankhamun. His arms are, are crossed. In one arm, in one hand, he has what? A shepherd's crook. It's a symbol of the kingship. And in the other hand, he has a flail. So the, the shepherd king both leads and guides, uh, but he also has the power of the sword. Uh, it is, in its original setting, uh, an image that has, um, yes, care and concern and tenderness about it, but also 
um, immense power and the power of life and death. The greatest shepherd king that Israel can remember, the greatest shepherd king that Israel can remember is King David. And remember that he was from his childhood a man of war, a fierce warrior. It's an image of uh, immense power. Now, the prophet Ezekiel talks a lot about shepherds, talks about the kings of Israel that are supposed to be the shepherds of the people, but they, but they, they lead the, the people astray, and they, and they scatter the flock, and they're wicked shepherds, and they're exploiting the people. And God, through Ezekiel, says to these wicked shepherds, as you reap, so shall you sow. And the judgment of God is going to come upon these wicked shepherds. And then in the 34th chapter, check me out, I think that's right. In the 34th chapter of Ezekiel, God says through the prophet something startling. He says, I myself will come and be the shepherd of my people. I will come myself and be the shepherd of my people. And here's this, here's now the psalmist saying, the Lord God of heaven and earth, the God who, who, who rides on the thunderclouds, who lifts up and casts down. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Therefore, I lack nothing. He shall feed me in green pastures, King James says, um, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. What's the image here? It's already an astonishing image. We raised sheep on a farm. And even raising sheep on a farm, uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard to keep the sheep well fed. And you, you, you had to be very, very careful. Um, sheep have to have a, a plane of nutrition which goes gradually up till they have the lambs and then, you know, can decline after that, but just great. Everything has to be on a smooth path up and down. If the sheep eat too much one day and not enough the next day, there's a bacteria that lives in the stomach of the sheep. And, uh, and the, uh, the bacteria will, will, if the nutrition isn't just right, the bacteria will multiply, will gallop. And uh, the colony of bacteria creates a neurotoxin. And the first symptom of the neurotoxin is dead sheep. Every, mo every morning I would go out to count my sheep. By the way, counting sheep is hard to do. But every morning I would go out and <laughs> they move around. It's very it's just difficult. Uh, uh, and they look a lot alike, you know. They look a lot alike. So this shepherd that knows each sheep by name is just an incomparable shepherd. The Pharaoh does not know each one of the Egyptians by name. And even David, King David, the greatest king that ever was, does not know every citizen of Israel by name. You go out and you count your sheep in the morning. And you come out in the morning, and if they're lying down, if they're, if they're kneeling down in the green pasture, chewing their cuds, you give a sigh of relief. It means that they're not, they haven't fallen victim overnight. It was tricky enough, you see. It was tricky enough. Uh, in, um, in, in the farm setting. Uh, you want to see the sheep uh, 
kneeling down or lo- kneeling down really and 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 on the green pasture and chewing their cud you know there is a kind of animal called a ruminant ruminants have more than one stomach grass is very hard to get nutrition out of it has to be digested multiple times and between the various uh, times of digestion i hate to tell you this but it comes back up and the animal chews its cud and you want that. You want to see the animal chewing. It means everything is working just the way it's supposed to work. And you haven't got this overeating thing, and you haven't got this dead sheep. And Now, that's hard enough to do on a farm. Now, imagine being a nomadic shepherd, which is the kind of shepherding that there is in the Middle East. We still have that in the west of this country. You still have that in places in Europe, where you're traveling hundreds of miles from a winter pasture to a summer pasture, and from a summer pasture back to a winter pasture. And you've got to keep... You've got to keep this nutrition just steady, right? And you've got to get to the next pasture at the right time. The rains have come, and the grass is just right. There's not too little of it. There's not too much of it. That could be a problem as well. It's just everything is just right. And, of course, the sheep then, as now, are perverse, and they will eat things that are not good for them. Even when they're well-fed, they will eat things that are not good for them. And then there are predators. And then you've got to get to the water hole. And you've got to get to the water hole not before the rains have come and filled the water hole, and not after the sun has come up and dried up the water hole. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The sheep are chewing their cud, they're ruminating, as we should be ruminating on the scriptures when we go home. The sheep are chewing their cud, they're ruminating, they're at peace in the green pasture. This is, you know that song that we sing, Amazing Grace, through many trials, toils, and snares, we have already come. This means the sheep have come through the trials, the toils, the snares. And he calls each one of them by name. It's an astonishing thing. The king does not know the names of the citizens. What kind of a king is this? What kind of a shepherd is this? He shall convert my soul. Uh, He shall revive my soul. Sometimes it is said, uh, we we are told by um, St. Thomas that the soul is, is the form of a person. So what does that mean, that our soul is revived? Well, it means that our the true humanity in us is brought from death to life. To have our soul converted or revived means that, that we are converted, we are, we are turned, turned back from death towards life, and we're turned more and more towards him and conformed and converted unto him until we grow up into the full stature of Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen shepherd king who is in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he leads us in the paths of righteousness in the holy way that we should go, the path of the cross, which is the path of life, the path of holy living, and, and so that we would be a holy people, and so that we would draw other people to God. For his name's sake, he does this. The rod, thy rod and thy staff, they, 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 they comfort me. The, uh, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon me. The discipline of the Lord is, is, is light. 
and it leads to life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There are, there are plenty of enemies. And the last enemy of all is death. There's plenty of predators. What does uh, St. Uh, Peter tells us? Your, your enemy, the devil, prowls about looking for somebody to devour. But because the crucified and risen one is with us in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will fear no evil. Because he who is the source of life himself is with us. And he's creating a feast for us. And he's feeding us. He tells us that his flesh is meat indeed. And his blood is drink indeed. If you lived in the ancient world, you knew about um, the conscription, which conscripted people uh, of the nation to come and serve at the king's table. What kind of king is this that serves invites the people to his table and serves them himself. It's very self. All the enemies are here. The last enemy of all, death is here. The good shepherd is here. The hireling flees, but the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. No ordinary shepherd does this. Uh, shepherds will defend their sheep up to a point. He goes all the way. lays down his life for the sheep. He prepares a table for them in the midst of their enemies. And we shall fear no evil. As St. John tells us, he that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we'll fear no enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. In the Old Testament, who, who gets anointed with oil? Kings get anointed with oil. Queens get anointed with oil. Prophets get anointed with oil. Priests get anointed with oil. And each one of you has been anointed thus in your baptism. And then the long-suffering love, the loving kindness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This great word that Tyndale, the great Bible translator, takes three English words, long-suffering love, long-suffering loving kindness. Has said is the Hebrew word. This is who God is, a God of long-suffering mercy and kindness. And this is, this is, this is the, the love and mercy that has come in person in Jesus Christ the Lord, who knows each one of his sheep by name, who calls to us, and who leads us forth, that we may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd of the whole church, which is made up of every tribe, language, and nation. It is very easy to get lost. It is very easy to spiritually starve. It is very easy to spiritually die. It is very easy to succumb to the enemy. But the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.